0: Welcome to Real Estate Unscripted, where each week we connect no-nonsense, let's-get-it-done realtors and lenders from across the country who want to grow our businesses and stay motivated with timely topics and experts in our field. I'm your host, Marjorie Adams. Let's get started. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Real Estate Unscripted. I am super excited today. I have basically roped my director of closing, Brittany Wills, into this interview against her will. Hi, Brittany. Thank you. (laughs) So we started this series that no one was as excited. I think people get nervous, which is amazing because you talk to people all day long and you're really good at it. It's not on video with
1: a large microphone. Well,
0: no one's going to see you. They're just going to hear you. And listen, this person who seems a little scared, by the way, we call her Columbo and Terminator because she's really tough. Chicken killer. We've got many names for her (laughs) because she is tough. Fantastic, but tough. So you got this. I'm very excited that you agreed to do this today for our fine listeners, because they're going to get a ton out of this. I think talking to the team members is super important because people have this idea of how things work or how things might happen or why didn't this work for me. And so talking to people who really do it. How long have you been with me? I joined
1: Marjorie's team in 2014. How did I find you? (laughs) My family and I moved to Virginia from West North Carolina in 2012 for my husband's job. He came to be architectural designer for a local builder that Marjorie happened to be the listing agent for. So that's our first connection was actually at an open house at one of the communities.
0: Yes. And then... She came over for the pig roast. That's where we blow stuff up. We have a bunch of clients. We blow up fireworks. But she came for a pig roast and she is a natural leader, y'all. Like there we had tents and everything. And she's like, kids, get off the tent, right? Like she definitely was in there cleaning up. And I thought, gosh, I barely know this person. But she's like super helpful and great with people and a great director and knew that she would be a good fit. So she came on board. And at that point, it was,
1: was it me and Jock? yeah. I think it was just you and Jacques. I came on, I guess, probably about four or five months after I met you. We were actually hanging out at her house one evening and she was talking about how she just, a lot of things were not going quite as smoothly as possible and she needed some extra help and kind of stole me away from my current job. Yes. And where did you work? So here's where people are just like, where do you find people? What were you doing at the time? So I was a special education TA at my children's elementary school. Yes. So
0: I think, guys, when you think about this, so Bethany (laughs) taught at a school, Taylor taught at a school, right? So I think where can you find great people like service industries, teachers, people that work with people that care about people that support people? Absolutely. do a great job and so you were a great fit from the beginning and so you came in and so it was me and jock and so jock is my brother and we'll be interviewing too and he's fantastic at what he does and he is great he's got a great eye and he's now a licensed home inspector and he's fantastic with buyers and he knows a ton about house and he has the patience of job but at that time he was also we were like we should try you in like contract to close oh no 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 not his strength so at that point that's where it was where we were both trying to figure out all right neither of us are ready to do this. This is not our skill set. So Brittany came in. And so to be fair, when you came in 2014, here's what I loved. And I think is a key for a lot of people. You had no experience in real estate whatsoever. None. I love that. And I think some people are scared by that or think, well, I have to train. Well, again, you can train for what you need someone to do. I can't train for you to care and to have the kind of qualities that I needed, but that you didn't know real estate was actually a benefit to me because I don't have someone that come in and say where we used to do it this way, or this is how we do it. It's like, nope. I'm really clear and it's important here. This is how we do it. This is how the Marjorie Adam team does it. So
1: I've always liked and loved growing my team members. Yeah, Marjorie already, I walked in, she already had systems in place and goals. And it was basically, I'd say the first two to three weeks, I don't know that I communicated directly with a client. I just shadowed Marjorie so that I had a very clear idea on how the Marjorie Adam team works and how she interacted with her clients and and then just kind of slowly stepped into each part of the systems as we moved forward. And let's be clear, she did all of them. (laughs)
0: So just like I think is normal when you bring one person in, that's your Them assistant director of closings, manage the schedule, you sort of, You juggled a lot of balls, right? You were doing many, many things, birthday cards, mailings, all kinds of client events, parties, you would help schedule those and plan them and attend them. She did a lot and she was really good at it all, which is also harder to find because some people are really good at one or two things and not as strong at others. So the fact that you had managed many things and the queen of squirrels was pretty amazing. (laughs) But as time went on, we realized, okay, we need more, right? You are doing way too much. I'm stepping into things again and, and staying in things that I don't need. To be in, and let's be clear don't need to be in is based on time and highest and best use. I think people hear that and they think, Oh, well, it's not that quote unquote I'm too good for that because get over yourself. None of us are too good for any of it, but there's only so many hours in a day. And if we want our client experience to really rise and grow, I have to pull out of certain things. So, you and I had a meeting and I said, look, we got to bring someone else in. And I asked you what part of your job, all of the pieces of parts you did, you love the most. And what did you say?
1: I chose contract to close. And why did you? You know, stamping thousands of <laughs> envelopes. is hard for second. <laughs> I actually really, really like a checklist. I know that makes me sound very dorky, but I like to make sure that everything's lining up and everybody's where they're supposed to be. And everybody knows where they're supposed to be and they're happy to be there. Um So that is absolutely the part of real estate at that point that I interacted in that I wanted to be mine and claim it.
0: And it is hers. (laughs) Let's be clear. She owns that. But here's the important thing. First, I met with Brittany to ask her which part she really preferred. But let's also be really honest that it was also that she was very good at all the parts. So what she chose, I was good with because whatever she said, I enjoyed this the most about my job. This is when I want to stick with was okay with me. Now, let's say she had said, I love contract to close, but she couldn't follow a checklist and she was not organized and also not a good people connector. We would have had to have a hard conversation because I couldn't just say, oh, you love this, go. I was able to do that because of your skill set and your abilities. So I think sometimes when you have someone that does all the stuff, right, because you have one person and you need to divide as you will create specialists in different parts, you can't just be okay with someone. Well, like
1: you right. and I running social media would be really funny, actually. We did not really have a very active social media <laughs> because presence at that time on, at all. Yeah, she's that not would- on it, and I'm like,
0: oh, look at her, right? Not our strengths, right? So you have to think about when you're separating off this parts. Is it a strength? Is it something that they're really great at owning and managing? And if so, you can do that and hire. Otherwise, but. I think that clarity is important. You can't just go, oh, you want to do this? Awesome, all right. You're not really great at it, but we'll figure it out. That's not how that worked. But she was really good at that. And so- She became the director-owner, don't-mess-around contract of close, And I think that's really important for people to understand. And I think that that role, I think, is vital, vital, vital. So lenders, I know you're a little different in terms of how you run things, but you too have that person that holds the hand and takes care of the client from when they come in to make their loan application all the way through closing and beyond. That's my Brittany. And so I think you need to have someone that... You're able to take yourself out of most of that. They're going to own it and take care of the clients at a super high level. So let's be clear. I'm still involved, right? So she still copies me on emails, right? You keep me super involved in the process, but you own it. How do you think you managed
1: to own it and keep my little hands out of everything? So whenever I first joined Marjorie, all of our folders were on her desk. And even though I was contract to close, Mm -hmm. I had to go into her office and take the file out of the office and then bring it back in and make sure it was all right in order and put back in place. And we had this fantastic whiteboard that had to be completely dry erased and redid almost every single day because as people, you get a cash closing. Oh, that one closes in two weeks. Great. Erase the whole bottom and add in that cash closing for two weeks. <laughs> that was well before Google Sheets came about. It was all in Marjorie's office, and it was maybe I might have been more of an external brain, so to say, for Marjorie. I absolutely kept up all deadlines and contingencies, but like I said, the files were in her office. The whiteboard was on her wall, so it was more going in and saying, "Okay, we need to email so and so about loan commitment, or we need to check in with this person." And so we did a lot. We kind of transitioned out of that. And the files moved to my desk for a short period of time. And the email would maybe come from me. The little lender, Marjorie's copied on it. Hey, just want to check in, see where we are in the appraisal. How are we looking for our financing commitment or financing deadline coming up? And if there's any problems, Marjorie's there. She sees it. She has any questions. Then the update goes to our clients. If you guys have any questions you want to further discuss with Marjorie, please feel free to let me know. We'll get that scheduled. And then slowly the files went only online to Dropbox. By the way, <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't know. <laughs> she ran to my desk not that long ago and wanted to grab a file, and she grabbed a completely wrong file that had nothing to do with contract. <laughs> the files are all still there; they're all well organized as Marjorie wants them. They're easily accessible. If she needs to see a home inspection contingency addendum, it can be easily printed out and therefore recycled <laughs> shortly thereafter. <laughs> she holds it in her hand and writes on it, but for the most part, her systems. <laughs> we've continued. Aside from going green, I don't know that we've necessarily changed too much. We've, of course, morphed things here and there and added to make sure that our sticky spots aren't necessarily causing any major clogs, but it's been a fun transition and Marjorie's loving it.
0: Well, the funny thing is, so if you think about this, so most... Realtors, lenders, a lot of us are high Ds. We're very much control freaks. And so it's interesting now that I have four people in me, one of the main questions is always like, how did you let go? And it's like, at first I didn't. And it was less not trust in her, but not faith in me, right? That i had to make sure only I'm the best at this, right? I just think we all have these ideas in our head that it has to be me that fills in the blank. So it has to be you for certain things. Yes. Like I still am very vital in many parts, but keeping it on my desk was a very micromanaging message being, I don't trust you, which wasn't the message. But like, if we have a big pool and I hired her, it's like the little toe gets to go (laughs) in the pool. Right. And then a few months later was like, we'll let you go in all the way to the kneecaps and then your belly now. Right. So it took time till it was like, it's her pool, right? It went from, she was swimming in my pool. So now this is very much
1: her closing pool, but it and was years. There wasn't even a short transition, but so. a
0: lot of it, I think frankly could have happened sooner. And then I I go, was but, better at but I think the key is this is relatable to people. Cause it's like, wow, you really have someone. So let's be clear contract to close. Yes. If it's a problem. If it's an inspection negotiation, if someone's mad, if there's something I have to be involved in, of course I am. But let's be clear, I'm otherwise not. So when that contract gets handed over to Brittany, I am not involved. I don't ask her if the septic inspection was ordered. I don't ask her if there was a loan commitment. She tells me there is, but I don't go to her for, Hey, did you do this? And did this happen ever? Like never. We meet of course all the time and she gives me updates, but I don't question if she's doing something within our checklist on a timely matter ever. It's been years since I've done that because I know she owns it and that she follows the system and we don't have these issues, right? So I think that's a big thing too, is if you're going to hire someone to own a part of their job, then you teach them and you train them. And it does take time. It takes years. You're not doing it day one, but then they own that job. I don't have to micromanage her because she knows what she's doing and she's really good at it. So I think that kind of evolvement in leadership as well as I trust you. You got this. And she knows, right. That I'm here if she has any questions and we've learned together over these many years. Cause I don't care how many you close, oops, this happens or this is different or we've never faced that. And you can create new systems around it. But sure. I think, yeah, everything went into Dropbox probably over COVID. <laughs> and so we were home. So we were shut down quite a while here It was what a year and a half, almost yeah. two years that we were all at home. And so we came back and I, I was like, where'd they go? So <laughs> Clearly, I was. one day I just said, hey, hand me the file. And she was like, that's funny. We're drop Dropboxes? Sort of. So I think that's step one, really, is that of evolving of your role. But I think there's a lot of parts to it that we should talk about, such as one of the big struggles I think people have is handing it over, meaning client-facing. So I coach a lot of students, or of course, I talk to a lot of realtors and lenders, and they say, oh, my client always calls me. They still always call me, right? Versus my whatever it is, my closing coordinator versus whoever your assistant is. And so I think that is learning how to introduce your team properly at the beginning. And it's the proper handoff. And I think we're not very good at that. And also the way we make it sound is you're going to talk to like this assistant over here, right, versus me. And it's like, no, we're going to talk to the person who does that best. So let's be clear. You want to talk to Brittany and contract to close because she knows it better than most realtors. So I think it's having that step from meeting one of here's my team and here's what they do and here's how they do it. And so the handoff is first, right? So I hand them off and actually Bethany does the handoff to Brittany. It's been great working with you. She's going to take great care of you, even though I introduced it at the beginning. So I think that handoff, but I keep my hands out. Now, why do I not step on your toes all the time?
1: It just makes everything a little less confusing. For instance, we send a client an email and Marjorie may or may not even be copied on that exact email. Or maybe that email came from Marjorie's inbox. <laughs> and then Marjorie goes ahead and sends another she's one. She's done it. <laughs> Last week, she's like, girl, you already answered that as I did it. So, so I think understanding my position and my role on Marjorie's team and knowing when something is my job, when I'm capable, I'm qualified to respond to that, to answer that question. And when things aren't necessarily, they're a little outside of my wheelhouse and maybe it's a fire. Maybe there's a major, major problem. So being very conscious of knowing it's Marjorie's clients, she's the team lead. And if there's an issue, you can always say, Hey, I can't necessarily help you right now, but I'm more than happy to answer any questions that I can help with or write down any questions that you have that I can pass on to Marjorie and have her give you a call right back. So I think having someone be the main point person helps you. You're not going to get a text message at 10 o'clock from an appraiser that says, hey, can I go tomorrow? And then forget to tell me or the client and the appraiser shows up tomorrow and they're not there. Having someone that is daily working on a to-do list, checking things off and making sure that everything is moving forward with every transaction consistently every time. is great because you guys are in and out of the car. You're running around. You're at a listing appointment. You're at a closing appointment. So sometimes appraisal appointments don't always make the top of the
0: list. (laughs) No. And also it's definitely, if we even stop in for lunch, she's like, okay, let's go over this. So she's super organized, but she owns her job. So let's be clear, like I joked a little bit about the chicken killing earlier, but she really would get offended. I think at this point, you'd be almost mad, right? If I tried to step in at this point, it's like, I've got this. And I think that extreme ownership is very important through years of being with me, but also doesn't let me take over Heidi again that says, I got, no, no, I'll let you know when I need you. So I think that's an extremely important part of the ownership of the jobs is extreme ownership. And then not allowing me to reverse delegate and step in. And now it wouldn't even cross my mind. So those of you listening who are like, Oh, I have those one o'clock in the morning. Did this get done? I don't, but it isn't that someone here didn't do what they needed to do or that something didn't get done. And that's lovely by the way. So I think that's an important thing. And your clients having an amazing experience. Our clients have a concierge, right? So we just had two clients to close. They were super happy. And when they were texting us back to say, yay, and thanks again, said, we felt like we had our own case manager through every part of this. And that's the goal, right? To have that concierge, to have that hand-holding person that takes you from point A to point B in every part of a sale or a listing or a loan process that someone's like, wow, that was amazing. I didn't worry about anything is the key. We've said this for years within our team. If a client calls into our office and has to ask a question that is a system question, when is this happening or what happens next, then that's a fail on us if you hear your clients always call and say well when's loan commitment all right well that's something we're not delivering properly so i think one of the most amazing and beneficial things is we don't get those what next questions or what happens here because we have really fed that information for each step. Here's an email or a video, or here's a phone call. This is happening now. We're going to remind you of this. And they now know that we're going to take care of all those parts versus them having to inundate inwardly, right? Mm -hmm. You don't get a lot of when is this going to
1: happen because you over communicate and held their hands through all of that. Absolutely. Send a lot of emails. and We do like to keep both parties, especially if it's two people purchasing or selling, involved on an email conversation. Of course, we have a conversation on the phone, but we'll even follow up with an email afterwards to make sure that everybody's on the same page and that all the information is as it should be presented. And then... I think part of my job is also connecting. You have the lender, you have the attorney, you have the termite inspector, you have the home inspector. And so making sure you have the whole other side of the transaction that a lot of times I think some agents forget to notify the homeowner that there is going to be a home inspection at their house in an hour. So making sure that everyone involved has everything that they need, all the information there. And if there's any questions, we can quickly run through a problem and knock it off the list.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that's a key. Not only does the client's lives easier, but mine is frankly, right? I don't have those extra worries. And I know that these things are taken care of by every team member that you're gonna hear from. They're all excited. Let's talk a little bit about virtual versus in-person. So as I say this, let me be clear. What works for you works for you. So if someone listening says, I've had a virtual assistant for five years and it works great, good. You don't need to change it, right? So this is my opinion on it if you're going forward with trying to decide. So again, many people across the country, many people I coach have fantastic virtual assistants for different parts and pieces of what they do. And if that's working for you, great. So I'm not attacking virtual assistants. I don't want all the virtual assistants in the world (laughs) calling me and saying, How dare you? But I'm going to give you my opinion of the biggest difference, and you can share too of having someone in the office with you versus virtually. I think that relationship that's so important to me of not only my relationship with Brittany, but Brittany's relationship with the client is the biggest difference. So I think. A virtual assistant as well as an in-house, let's call it assistant, in-person assistant. You go through a checklist, you cover points, you take care of major milestones. All of that is correct. But I think that relationship of this person calls into the office between nine and five, five days a week, they know they can get Brittany. She can be on another line, of course, but they have that connection to Brittany, not just this is getting done is the biggest difference in how I formed the team, right? So to me, it's that they feel like they know you, you are there for them versus just completing
1: parts of the transaction. Yeah, absolutely. No one really wants to be just a name or a title on an email conversation. Being a face and actually getting to know your clients has been great over the years. If they come in for a buyer consult, Marjorie always pulls me into the room or walks by my desk and says, hey guys, this is Brittany. Whenever you guys do find the house, She's going to be your number one point of contact and help you from contract close. And that's invaluable. I mean, that's something that you can't really replace. That's not just, oh, the Smiths, where did they buy? What was that address? It's putting people in homes. And that's a big, huge part of what I love. I'm a big fan of
0: in-office. But again, that being said, there are pieces and parts or people that say it works great for them. I Again, it's it's certainly better especially than trying to do it all yourself, which at some point is not ideal. Once you hit a certain size or you hit that glass ceiling, you cannot continue to do it or not work 24 hours a day. So I think it's that importance, but I love in-person. My team members are all in-person. We are in the office. We are super well-connected. And I think it shows to our clients as well that we have a great relationship and support each other and therefore them. So I'm a big proponent of in-person, of not virtual.
1: And probably we may offer a lot more services than a virtual Assistant we'd be able to help you with. I mean, because we are in person and we do get to know the clients individually. We aren't just checking off those contingencies and getting from A to Z. Maybe we're ordering a gift or making that extra phone call to say congratulations after loan commitment. Those are things that I don't anticipate a virtual assistant would necessarily be required or asked of. Because they wouldn't necessarily have that relationship with that client. Well, I think it's pretty amazing. I think the biggest difference too, if you look at our reviews, I mean, so
0: our reviews are actually rarely about me, which (laughs) I could be more sad about. But when they call out, Brittany did this, it was amazing. Taylor did this, it was amazing. Bethany did this. That's when it's like that relationship that they've formed with you guys as well is also a difference. We always say you get like five great people for one. So I'm a big fan of that. So I wanted to touch on that. And then I think also... When we're talking about forming relationships with our clients, depending on our personality types, a lot of high producing salespeople are high Ds. I have a lot of I too, which is great, but a lot of people that are high D so that nurturing wanting to help. So it's in there, but it doesn't show. And so I think when you have actually you're a high D too, which is funny, but you also have that caring, nurturing aspect that I think a lot of us either don't have, have to dig deep for, or it's just not part of who we are, right? We're very, let's get it done. This is point A to point B. And I think if we want to turn that into a relationship driven interaction with clients, that's it's another reason. It's super important, I think, to have people that are there that care, right? That you have to be organized, which you are superbly organized. You have to want to help and care, which you can't teach someone. Mm-hmm. So you have to have that. What else can I do to help when, frankly, when you're number one, a high D, but number two in 25,000 things a day, you don't have that capacity to think, what else could we do for them? Or how can I make this easier on them? And, and you guys are all really good at that, but it's part of your nature. So that nurture nature I think, think is another reason to pay attention to your team members and their personality types and offsetting the lack in you. And again, I'm not saying that meanly, but I tend to be like a lot of us are drop and goes and I care about the client and I do want to take care of them. And I want to go out of my way, but I'm also trying to do this, 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 I got to go here. And I got to do this where someone that slows down and literally almost holds their hand Mm -hmm. is huge differentiator. I think when they're
1: trying to pick who to work with. And that helps with your balance. Right gives you more opportunity to go to that listing appointment versus sitting on the phone and maybe talking about what the appraiser is going to say about the under the sinks. So it's just like you said earlier, what's the best use of your time? And if you can balance that with great people who truly do care as much for your clients that you do, then you can relax and go do your best job possible and know that it's going to be taken care of. Yes. Like keeping
0: me in my lane. I think that's the biggest thing is
1: We can all stay in our lane, need to stay in our lane.
0: Not that that doesn't mean that we don't have a meeting, not that we don't go over to-do lists, not that we don't all work together or help each other on things. But it's like, this is my job is to lead generate. I got to bring in the bacon. I got to make it rain. I've got to close leads. I've got to manage everyone, right? I've got to manage the money. Those are my highest and best use. So by no means does it mean that anything else is less important. It's all vital to getting to closing. But if I'm spending all my time worrying about the flyer or worrying about the this follow up, or did the attorney do this? I'm not able to stay in my lane, my highest and best use. I think it's ironic. A lot of people, oh, they have a team. So I think it's though that aren't teams or part of teams. And I guess all teams are different that say, oh, well, you'll never communicate with her. And I think, well, that's kind of funny because I'm not in five different lanes, right? I'm not driving five cars at the same time on the highway. I have much more time to communicate with my clients. When I need to. So I think that I'm not hiding behind the team.
1: I'm letting them shine and then we can all do a really great job for them. Absolutely. I think you truly have built a great team with everyone that has a specialized talent. And Marjorie really does not want to put the Smith's name in the database at all. Never, too. She doesn't want to do it. Whereas (laughs) I don't mind that. So (laughs) I do
0: laugh. I'm like, if they all left, Like if they all got up and left right now and someone said, you got to go in like back agent or whatever we use to like process contracts. That was probably too (laughs) good. I've never been there. Again, stay in your lane. So I think that's important. And then- I think it's the empowering of your team members. So I think we'd be remiss to not say, I empower you to do your job. I don't get in your way. I don't restrict. I don't try to micromanage, right? So, and it's also the introduction to the clients of how vital you are, right? You are not in this quote unquote, just an assistant. It's not, I don't have time, I pass you. It's this is your expert that gets to manage and help you through this part of the transaction, right? So, empowering them, introducing them properly, and then letting them do their job, right? So I think that's the biggest thing. And like I said, I almost joke, I'm not really kidding. I am not getting in her way. She's doing her job and I'm not here to keep
1: you from it. I'm here to make sure that you can do it to your best ability. Absolutely. Marjorie set me up with her systems in place already. So I was well aware of how she wanted the transactions to move forward, and so basically she gave me the tools that I need and to kind of run with that and help grow them. We said the other day, we go through our checklist like every three months or so, just to make sure that we're on top of every step along the way to make sure that our clients are not stressed and they're happy and they get an enjoyable experience. So I think if a lot of times maybe we're a new hire might fail is if that new person maybe doesn't have the tools or is not empowered or given that job. So, um, getting the right person there and having them set up properly is very, very important. And I
0: think that leads into, I think, a unrealistic expectation that team leaders will say are the boss. I hate that, by the way. And they're like my boss. I'm like, please don't call me your boss. It's a weird quirk in me. But I think this takes time. And so I have too many people that I talk to that have this unrealistic expectation of they did it once. How are they not experts? It's like, girl, I've been a realtor 27 years. I know realtors in 10 years, they ain't experts, but you think that whoever you hired for whatever the role is became an overnight expert, by the way, with your lack of systems and no training, but they should be just going and you now need to step in. So it's like, let's really think about it. It takes time. It takes systems. It takes training. And then you learn by doing. So every person that's come into the team is learned by training, right? So Brittany sat with me. We process contracts together. We went through checklists together. It was, here's how we do it and why over and over. And to the point that I don't have to do it. And she's very clear on each minute step, which could be check for initials. Do you still use the checklist? I absolutely do. Yeah. Yeah. And it's nine years in. So could she write the checklist, teach it, tattoo it on someone if she wanted to? (laughs) Yes. But we still follow the system. So I want everyone who's listening to understand, realistically, in six months, I think you understand your job. In six months, I think you start to feel comfortable doing the same thing over and over. You think, okay, I feel like I got this in one year, you're proficient. In one year, you've seen enough things. But nine years in, things still come up that neither of us have experienced. And I'm 27 years in. So understand this expectation of everyone's just, oh, they don't need you anymore. There don't need to be check-ins. There's not consistent training. We do continuing ed. We do classes. Mm -hmm. Every time the contract changes, which seems like forever for like a sentence over six months, we go back through the whole thing. We run through scenarios. We run through whys. So I think this constant training it isn't well we sat there for three contracts i can't figure it out that's not setting someone up for success so i think you need to think back whoever's listening when you became a lender realtor fill in the blank whatever you are you didn't do it one time like my husband's a pastry chef i doubt he baked one cake and then was like i got this right i mean it was learning the ovens and learning the kitchen and learning the ingredients it's the same thing here so When you have someone or you've hired before, right? I think of people also, I did that once and it didn't work. Well, let's really take a look at it. Like, okay, did you first really qualify that person? Did you hire the right person? Did you spend enough time training them? Did you have systems for them to follow? Because I can assure you she didn't come in and I was like, hope you figure it out. Let me know how you did it. It's just not realistic. So did they have the tools and the training and your support, checklists and to-do lists. And we are big on that. We have checklists for our checklists. Our gifting checklist is a checklist. Like she follows all the checklists. Again, she could teach them and write them, write a book about them. I follow them, right? The way my folder is, is the way my folder is. So I think if we're going to expect success and want success of not only that person we hire, but of the team as a whole, it's got to be empowerment and you got to stop micromanaging and you've got to have systems and you've got to have the right person on the bus. Like we hear that a lot, right? They have to be the right person on the bus and they have to want to take care of the clients and there has to be a mutual understanding of this is my role and your role. And I'm going to hold you accountable to yours, but let me assure you, she holds <laughs> me accountable to mine. So I'm in theory, the boss of the women who are all in this room right now, but they're equally my boss and keeping me in my lane and what I need to do. And I think that's what a big reason we are successful. Absolutely. What else would you like to add to those listening? Hmm. How do you manage a high D like me?
1: How did you not go crazy, especially in the early years when you were like, ooh, doggies? I think Marjorie and I work well together. We absolutely disagree on things here and there, but I think it just boils down to we both care immensely. I think that's the most important thing you can do is hire someone that does care. They care about you. They care about the clients. They care about the end game. They care about the goal and just making everything fun along the way. Yeah, we do have a lot of fun. I will say we do have a really good time, which is important
0: to me and to us. And I think our clients feel that they want to be part of it. And so I think you guys want to hire people that want to be part of your culture and your team and your experience. They want to help you grow because you're never going to grow alone right? So I can assure you that if I did not have the team I have now, you and Taylor and Bethany and Jacques, there's no way we would be where we are now because each of you is such a big part of it. And I think if people don't grasp on that and understand how important the people on their
1: team are, then they won't grow as much as they can. Yeah. I mean, I think you've truly made an investment in every person on our team and you can't just make that investment and they ignore it. You have to care for it and culture it and
0: Yes. Was that easy? She's so happy. I just want to thank you so much for joining me on Real Through. Pleasure. <laughs> so everyone, I just really want you to think about either the people you have, right? What are some things we need to do to maximize taking care of them and the experience for your clients or the people you need to hire and really committing to that, because I think it just will make a difference personally and professionally and for you and your clients. So thank you guys all for listening today.
1: Thank you. Real Estate Unscripted is sponsored by Alcova Mortgage. Alcova is committed to simplifying the mortgage process. Check out the tools we offer to realtors and homebuyers at alcova.com slash realtors. Alcova Mortgage Equal Housing Lender. NMLS ID number 40508, nmlsconsumeraccess.org.
0: Before we go, please show us some love by subscribing on your listening platform of choice and leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. Make sure you share this with your friends and be sure to listen in next week. Until then, this is Marjorie Adam. Don't forget to check out the show notes for a recap. This podcast was made possible by listeners like you. Thank you so much for your support.